are listening to Keep the Main Thing, the Main Thing podcast. To learn more, visit thepineschurch.com. Well, good morning, everyone. Today is a very, very special day. I, I also realized that we have some new guests in the house. I didn't introduce myself. My name is Matt Joy. I'm the lead pastor here. And the Christmas season is all about giving, right? And so I have an amazing gift for you today um, because we have a special treat. We have, I, was, I, know, I almost said speaker, but that's a speaker. We have a woman of God in the house. And this woman of God, every Sunday, is pouring into your children. And I've heard reports of these children coming back and just preaching to their parents. And so we're so blessed to have this woman of God in the house. She is anointed. Uh, She has a word inside of her heart to be able to share. So I want to encourage all of you to lean in, to really draw the gift out of her. I was sharing with our team sometimes. I preached all over uh, the globe. And sometimes you feel like you're plowing, like it's like really hard to get it out. And then sometimes people are just sucking it out of you. They're just drawing upon the gift that God has placed on the inside of you. And so that's where you come in. I, I hope that you sit on the edge of your seat and just draw with anticipation and expectancy upon the gift that's been placed on her. I could think of no better person to share on the subject of joy because as soon as Christmas is over, she will begin the countdown of how many days we have left until Christmas comes back again. And so the Bible says to give double honor to those who labor in word and doctrine. So imagine honor, whatever that comes to mind, what does honor look like? Double down on that. And that's what we're going to show in this house today. So if you could go ahead and stand to your feet and please give a warm welcome for Pastor Kelly Bean. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you very much. You can sit. (laughs) Well, I am very excited to be here this morning. And for those of you that do not know me, my name is Kelly Bean, and I have the privilege to lead our children's ministry here at the church. And I have to give a shout out to all of our wonderful kids workers that are currently out there uh, practicing a song uh, for next Sunday for our Christmas service. So I do want to put in a plug, come and uh, join us next week because the kids are going to be singing and they sound awesome. So we want to have you come out and, and join us. And also... A big thank you to Pastor Matt and Jess. I love you guys. You're amazing. And we need to honor our pastors as well. And I am so thankful for this opportunity that you have given me to share the word of God and to be able to lead the children here at this church. So I honor you today. And I'm so thankful for you. Also, In the house today are my mom and my dad for the very first time at the Pines Church. So mom and dad, welcome. They're over there. If I told them to stand, they wouldn't like that very much. So so I won't make them do that. But I'm going to get right into it this morning. And the title of my message is The Joy of Christmas. And like Pastor Matt said, I am that annoying person when it comes to Christmas, okay? I am that person. I know it. I own it. I've had a countdown from like 80 some odd days left to Christmas. And people get really annoyed with me because I do it before Halloween. I do it before Thanksgiving. And just to answer all of your questions, yes, I do celebrate Thanksgiving. I just do it with all my Christmas decor. 
in, you know, in the background. So it's okay. I love Christmas and I love the joy of Christmas. And I have to just show this picture. I think we can put it up on the screen. Um, this was something that my husband sent me like a month ago. It said, please help, not homeless, just need money because my wife keeps buying Christmas decor. You can laugh. It's funny, right? <laughs> I, was at, I was at school. I'm a teacher. I teach fourth grade, and I was at, at school, and that I had a message come through on my phone. I don't typically look at it, but I looked, and I saw that it was this, and I had to laugh. I thought that was really, really funny. Um, but the joy of Christmas— we think about Christmas, we think about everything that it brings, the trees, the gifts, the music, um, just the, being with the family and everyone together. We have this joy that comes with Christmas. But my question is, because some of you sitting here today, today, you might say, well, that's all great, but you have no clue what I'm going through. You have no idea how hard this Christmas is for me. And that's what I want to talk about today because the joy of Christmas isn't all just because of Christmas. It's what Christmas brings. It brings that anticipation and that expectation of all the wonderful things that God has done. But when the lights go down, when the tree comes down, when the presents are all opened and you're putting everything away for Christmas, my question is this, does the joy still remain? The joy of Christmas is a reminder because we have it everywhere we go. We hear it on the radio. We see it in the stores. But your true joy does not come from that. Your true joy comes from having a relationship with Jesus. So this morning, before we get into the Christmas story that I want to share. I want to turn to the book of John, chapter 15, verses 1 through 11, because this is where we find our joy from. So I just want to pray because I don't know where you're at in your situation right now, but I believe that for you today, that you're going to leave here with some hope and with some joy. And as I show you through the word of God, you're going to be able to see through Scripture, which is the truth. This is our guide. This is our map through life that God is really going to meet you right where you're at. But I couldn't help through the week when I was praying and really preparing for this. The Lord kind of put on my heart that there's some people here today that you're having a real hard time having some joy. So I am just going to pray right now that the Lord is going to speak to you and to show you so clearly how the word is going to help you. So Heavenly Father, I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you go and you meet every single person right where they are at today. Lord, I pray that as I just uh, begin to preach what you have given to me today, God, that it will just pierce the heart of every person. God, meet them right where they are at, I pray. And in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, chapter 15, verse 1. This is Jesus speaking. These are red letters in the Bible. And so when I come to words that Jesus is actually speaking, I always take a closer look. And I always really ask the Holy Spirit to help me to see what it is that I need to receive. So it says this, this is Jesus speaking. I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. 
He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches." Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. You will produce much fruit. You are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love, just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. I love that last part of that scripture because it says that Jesus says, I've told you all of these things that we just read in that scripture, that he is the true grapevine. He is the vine. We are the branches. And if we remain in him, that we will see this joy. But this joy is not just a little bit of joy. This joy is so much joy that he goes on to say that you will overflow with joy. This is good news for you and for me. Do you know that there's a difference between being happy and having joy? You see, happiness is based on our external circumstances. That means when things look good. When things are going good, like your bank account looks good, the kids are getting along, that annoying girl at work is not talking to you. I mean, things are good, right? We're happy because everything around us is good. But what happens when those things do not look good? What happens when your bank account's not so good? What happens when you don't have the presents bought? What happens when your kids are driving you insane? (laughs) Right? I have three boys. I'll stop there. Uh, What happens when that annoying girl is annoying you at work? Right? Are you happy? No, probably not. But you see, being full of joy is different because it's deeper. It's deeper than that. There's a true joy that comes when we are connected to Jesus. And that means even when you don't have the money, even when you're not sure how you're gonna make ends meet for Christmas, even when you're annoyed with the things of this world, you can still have joy. Why? Because it's not because of all of this stuff going on around you. It's because you are connected to Jesus. And when we are connected to Jesus, we have the this joy, and it is overflowing. So I want to look at the Christmas story because, yes, I love Christmas, and I love the story of Mary. And there's some things about Mary that we're going to learn here today that's going to help you uh, to be able to see how you can live this life full of joy every single day. So I want you to turn to the book of Luke, 
chapter 1, and I believe it's on the screen. And I'm going to start in verse 26. It says this, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will, have, will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. So Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. I just began to think about Mary. There's a lot that just happened in those few scriptures that we just read. And I begin to think about how she must have felt when she was living her daily life, like you and me, doing what we do every single day, getting up, going to work, doing whatever it is that you do. But all of a sudden, she is interrupted in her, in her daily life from this angel that is now telling her that she was going to be the mother of the Messiah. You know, that's a lot of different things to kind of take in. And there's, there's one point that I want to get across here this morning in this part of the scripture, is that even in the hard times, that we can still have joy. You see, I begin to think about what Mary was thinking. Well, how's this going to look? What are people going to think? Are they even going to believe that this is true? I mean, I'm not married. I'm a virgin. I mean, can you imagine the things that probably were going through her mind at that time? You know, the, her life was about to get a little bit messy. There's some stuff that are going to happen in her life when the birth of Jesus happens. And she could have kind of gone this way and kind of allowed that fear that anxiousness, the unknown. I don't know how many of you like to have a plan. I know I like to have a plan. And when that kind of gets interrupted, it gets a little bit messy and we kind of fall into this trap of fear and we're not sure what's going to happen. But Mary, she didn't respond that way. She responded, okay, if it be so, let it be done. I am your servant. I am going to do what you've called me to do. And she responded with joy. 
You know, I began to think about the different people that I have encountered and the privilege that I have had to sit with them in some of the darkest moments of their life. In a hospital room with a, with a boy that was fighting for his life with his mom sitting there, just uh, happier than I was. I thought, my goodness, your son is in this hospital room sick, fighting for his life, but she was displaying joy. I have sat with people in their homes and they're not knowing how they're going to make it through certain things, but they didn't even seem that way. Why? Because they've responded with joy. I love this scripture in Psalms 30 verse 5. It says, though the sorrow may last for the night, joy comes in the morning. The amplified version of it says that weeping may endure for a night, but I love this. It says, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. And I think it's time for us to think about those things. Like Mary, her life was interrupted. She could have had that fear and that doubt and anxiousness, but she chose to respond with joy. And just like that scripture says, though the sorrow may last for the night, Joy comes in the morning. I am not saying that you're not going to be sad, that you're not going to have a difficult times because trials do come our way. But we have to respond and stand firm on the word of God and know that he is going to help us through whatever storm comes our way. Let us respond with joy like Mary responded. Her life took a significant turn. I mean, she went from being just a a young girl to now going to become the mother of Jesus, yet she responded with joy. We're going to, I'm going to continue on, on verse 40. It says, a few days later, okay, so she has all of this information that has come her way. The angel leaves and now, you know, she's there to kind of process everything. A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and she greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women that your child is ble- and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my room jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. This is the next point that I believe that we can learn from Mary is that she was blessed because she believed that God was gonna do what he said. Not only did she believe it, but she acted on it, okay? Because she took those steps to go and to see Elizabeth. That really, really got me thinking. I wonder how many times some of us have had the Lord speak to us to do something, but it seemed so extreme that we kind of just let it pass us by. It says here that Mary is blessed. Elizabeth is telling her that she is so blessed because she believed that the Lord would do what he said. 
I just want to kind of stir that up in you this morning because maybe it's been a lot of years since the Lord has spoke to you and asked you to do something. But I'm telling you that the Lord still wants to do that thing for you. Maybe he's asked you to go and to, I don't know what it is. I could come up with a thousand different things, but I'm sure right now you know exactly what it is that God has asked you to do. You know the angel did not give Mary every single detail of what she was going to do. We like all the details. We like to know, okay, so tomorrow morning, I'm going to get up and go here and meet with this person. No, it's not like that. You know, unfortunately, when the Lord tells us to do something, most of the time, he will give you that call, but then it's our faith that has to come in to take that action and to do the next step. You know, he might not give us every single detail, but what the Lord does is he is with us every step that we take. You know, Pastor, the Lord brought you and Jess to my mind when I was speaking about this because, you know, just a few years ago, they were in Colorado living their life in Colorado and doing the ministry that God had for them out there. But there was a moment, there was a time where their life got interrupted, where the Lord spoke to them. And I'm not sure exactly how that all played out for them, but they could have probably had all of these questions, you know, just like I would have had if the angel told me, you know, just like Mary. And so they had a choice that they had to make. Are we going to take action? Are we going to move? Are we going to respond in faith? Or are we going to sit back? And we know that they took action because they're here. This church is here. But that's something that we can learn from the story of Mary. Because when the Lord interrupts us and speaks to us, we have to make the choice. We're not always going to know every single detail of what is going to happen. But the Lord is going to be with you every single step that you take. As we continue through this, I want to read to you chapter 2, verse 1 through 14. It says, and this is the birth of Jesus. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary, his fiance, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep, and suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you this good news that will bring joy to all people. This Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, had been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. You are to recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. 
The next thing I want to talk about is this good news. You know, good news brings great joy. And this Christmas message that we have, that we know that we're reading and studying here this morning, this is good news and it should bring joy to all people. This is something that when we are with people that maybe don't know a lot about the birth of Jesus and all that went on here, we can share this good news. In the midst of everything that you have faced this year, the unrest, the chaos, the confusion, this story of Christmas, this reminder of what has happened should bring us this great joy. Why? Because it is good news. You know, you hear this all over the time, fake news, right? You see it everywhere on the media, like on the television, it's fake news, fake news. If I were to tell you that you, pastor, are going to inherit $1 million today, and and then he's like, woo, you know, is that really going to happen? Sorry, no, it's not, okay? So that news becomes worthless. Why? Because it's fake. It's not true. It's not true. But we have true news. We have good news. And this good news should bring joy. Luke, as we're reading in this story, Luke 1 says that he states that he invested, investigated everything carefully from the beginning. And I have to just tell you that this world, the people that you come in contact with every single day, they need you to share this good news with them. They hear um, all of the other things coming in and everything that we see, it tries to give us this amount of fear. And, And we have something that is completely opposite of fear. We have the joy of the Lord that we get to share with every single person that we come in contact with. You know, I was looking at some of the statistics about what people are going through, and it's it's startling because the world is filled with hurting, hurting people so much because they have um, this, this huge depression rate in the United States. It actually is the leading cause of disability in the United States. Anxiety disorder, which is also, I want to remind us, uh, the opposite of joy, is the most common mental illness affecting 40 million adults. You know, the thief's purpose in this world for every single one of us is he does not want you to be here today. He does not want you to see the truth that I started with in John about how when we are connected to the vine, how we're connected with Jesus, because, you know, he sees everything that's going on in this world. The enemy's not dumb, okay? And he knows what's happening and he knows your soft spots, your blind spots, and if he can get you full of anger and fear, that is his purpose. The thief's purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy, okay? That's his ultimate purpose for you, is he does not want you to hear this good news. He wants you to be depressed. He wants you to not know how you're going to make it through the day. He wants you to get up just doing what you do, go back to bed, and do it again, 
Okay, he doesn't want you to have this information so that you can be a light in the darkness. But the second part of that scripture comes on to say, this is where Jesus says that my purpose is to give you life and life in its fullness. Okay, the enemy wants to steal. He wants to kill. He wants to destroy. But God wants to come in and he wants to give you life and he wants to give it to you abundantly. And he wants you to have this joy that is overflowing. And that is for every single one of us to receive here today. Let's walk in that. Amen. We get to receive that through Jesus Christ. When we remain in him, our joy is unconditional. Some of you are going through some really tough stuff. I know some of your stories that are sitting here in this room, but let me just encourage you to stay connected to Jesus and allow the joy of the Lord to become your strength. The last thing I want to talk about as I close, and Catherine, you can come down, please, is Luke chapter 2, verse 15 through 19. This gets real good. It says, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord had told us about. They hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone that had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all of these things in her heart and she thought about them often. Man, this part really got me because there's a lot of stuff that just happened to Mary. You think about the last nine months, the angel appearing, her going to see her cousin Elizabeth, uh, taking this long trip to Bethlehem on a donkey, having, having her son Jesus. I mean, that's a lot of stuff, right moms in this place? Like we know. That's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of busyness. You see, that's what happens is we all get really, really busy, especially in this season. But even with all of that stuff that Mary had just encountered, I love this because I have to remind myself of this. This is just as much for me as for you. She said, she said that she had to just remember and remind herself of what God had done. She had to remind herself of everything that God had done in her life. It says that she kept all of these things in her heart and she thought about them often. We have to know that it's okay to slow down. It's okay. I told myself that yesterday. I said, it's okay. Mary did it. I can do it. Right? You got loads of laundry everywhere. Your house is in a Christmas chaos mess, but it's okay. You gotta slow down. You get yourself all snuggled in on your couch. You get your Christmas blankie and the Christmas lights on and it's okay. You gotta slow down. And you know what? That's what Mary did. She had all of this stuff that happened in her life, but she did not forget to be so thankful and to just ponder and to just think about the goodness of God. 
There are so many good things that God has done in your life. You are here today. You are sitting here today. God brought you here today to hear this message of true joy. Yes, joy comes at Christmas. I'm the biggest cheerleader for it, but when it all comes down, I still am gonna be a joyful person. Why? Because it's not in all of the stuff It's because I keep myself connected to Jesus. It's because He is my source of strength. Not everything else, just Him and Him alone. So I wanna challenge you this morning to sit and to remember the good things that God has done in your life. My prayer is that you are gonna experience joy personally that you remember just like Mary, that you have those moments where God interrupts you and you respond in faith and you respond with joy and you keep connected to Jesus. And I'm telling you, you're gonna see wonderful things play out in your life. I pray for you this morning that you have joy in your marriage. I pray that your marriage becomes strong in Jesus' name. I pray that your children will experience this joy. And I pray that your home will be full of joy. Will you just stand with me this morning? And we're gonna close out and we're gonna pray. But we just have to remember to sometimes sit back and allow the Lord to speak to you. If everyone would just bow their heads and close their eyes, I wanna pray for you as we um, begin to leave. But is there anyone here this morning that you say, Pastor Kelly, could you really just keep me in prayer this week? Because I know I've learned through the scripture how I'm gonna experience this joy, but I got some tough stuff going on. Is there anyone here? No one's looking around. It's just you and me. Is there anyone that says, I need some prayer this morning? I see those hands. I see those hands. Let's just pray. I I just want you to take a minute right now and pray for yourself. There's something about lifting up your voice and stirring up your faith. Whatever it is that you're going through, maybe it's that, that, um, response that you need to make to when the Lord had spoken to you years ago when you know you've got to do something. You know you've got to act. You know you've got to make a move. And you just got to pray for that boldness. I want you just to begin to pray. Let's just fill this room with prayer. God, we thank you. We love you, Jesus. We thank you for being so faithful to us. God, I pray for every person in this room. Lord, you know exactly what it is that they're facing. You know exactly what it is that they're going through. And Lord, maybe they came in, Lord, just really heavy, feeling the weight of the world on their shoulders. But I pray that right now in your presence, God, that you are helping that to be released from them today. And that as they are connected to you, they are going to experience this overflow of joy that comes in their life. I pray for joy unspeakable and full of glory to come in to their lives right now in
in Jesus' name. God, we know that when we have joy, we get your strength. So Lord, I pray that people leave here today feeling strengthened in your presence. God, we thank you that we're gonna take time to sit back and to just enjoy all the good things that you have done for us. God, we love you so much. We love you and we thank you for everything that you're gonna continue to do in every single person's life and home. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to Keep the Main Thing, the Main Thing, a sermon resource provided by the Pines Church in Bangor, Maine. We'd love to hear from you, so leave us a review on this podcast. If you have any questions, visit thepineschurch.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.